Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Sundays through Thursdays, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hucker. Before we get into our story, Molly has a question for her better half. McGee, ever since that nice Prudential man of ours told us about that mortgage cancellation plan, there's something I've been wanting to ask him. Well, I don't profess to be a professor, kiddo, but what's your particular problem? Well, just this, McGee. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone knows the Prudential Insurance Company has a special plan that will pay off a family's mortgage if anything happens to Dad. But what about those families living in rented homes or apartments? Doesn't the Prudential have a plan to protect them, too? It sure does. And just as you may have guessed, it's called the Prudential Rent Payment Plan. That certainly makes sense. You see, a Prudential Rent Payment Plan will provide your family with money to pay the rent each month if you're no longer here. You'd never have to worry about the first of the month rolling around because you'll always have your rent money on hand. Now, of course, if you should ever decide to buy a house, this policy can be used to cover a like amount of your mortgage debt. Sounds perfect to me, McGee. So, friends... If you want to be sure there'll always be a roof over your family's head, keep them covered with a Prudential Rent Payment Plan. Your Prudential agent will be glad to tell you more about it. The health of a well-known local character is the topic under discussion right now between the two men in the living room at 79 Wistful Vista. So you notice the old-timer too, huh, Doc? The way he's been dragging around the last couple of days? Oh, sure. It's so apparent that something's wrong. Yeah, he's always so full of pep, loaded with energy, always bubbling over like a warm beer. Yeah. When I saw him yesterday, Doc, he was feeling lower than your opinion of socialized medicine. I know. I tried to get him into the office for a checkup, but he said he was all right. He felt fine. Frankly, I'm a little concerned about him. What are you two talking about, the old-timer? Yeah, yeah, about the way he looks the last couple of days. He's dragged out like a commencement day speech. He's just lonesome, that's all. Lonesome? His girlfriend, Bessie, went home to visit her folks for a few days, and the old-timer doesn't know what to do with himself. Oh, is that it? Sure. <laughs> Say, that's quite a romance, isn't it? Yeah, it's the biggest love affair since Anthony and Cleopatra. <laughs> In fact, I think this romance was going on before Cleo and Tony. Yeah. Well, don't kid about them now. They think an awful lot of each other. He's just lost without her. Yeah. You know, that's a funny thing about love, Doctor. It seems like no matter who you are or what you are, somewhere in this world there's somebody that whoever they are, wherever they are, they're for you. Wherever you are. You know what I mean? No. Try it again. Well, let me put it this way, Doctor. All different kinds of people have different kinds of taste. Some women like handsome men, some like brainy men, and some like guys like the old-timer. You follow me? Sure. And somewhere in this world, there's probably a girl whose ideal is a short, fat, middle-aged, ugly guy. A man with a melon for a head, a barrel for a stomach, and legs for a grand piano. And when that girl comes along, I'd like to be your best man, Doctor. Oh, McGee, don't be so insulting. Well, that's all right, Molly. It was sort of crudely expressed, but I thought it was a nice thought. I liked it. I appreciate it, Sonny. And there's something I'd like to do for you, too. 
And someday soon, I will. Okay, Doc, what is it? Bust you right in the nose. Good day. <laughs> ah, sweet old guy, Doc. He's got a sentimental streak in him a yard wide. Yes. Plenty of room for it, too. It could be ten yards wide inside that big pile of blood. Hold it. Come in. Oh, Mr. Wimple, do come in. Oh, hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. I can only stay a minute. I just stopped to ask if you'd seen the old-timer lately, uh, since uh, Bessie went out of town. Yeah, we were just talking about that, Wimp. He was moping around here yesterday. Molly talked to him. With Bessie gone, he's a kind of at loose ends, huh? Oh, a looser bunch of ends you never saw. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't have very many friends, except you two, of course. Us? Oh, he's crazy about you two, Mrs. McGee. Really? He said to me one time that no matter how low he feels, whenever he stops in here, it always picks him up. Well, that's mighty nice of him. You must be a couple of good philosophers or something. A couple of good listeners is more like it. <laughs> Although once the old-timer starts talking, you have to listen. You can't get a word in edgewise. Oh, how true. Boy, he, he must really be suffering today, being Sunday, I mean. The market's closed, and there's no excuse for him to come over and yell, Grocery boy, what's new, Johnny? Well, I'll tell you. Bessie's left town, and tonight's the night they usually take her to the bijou. <laughs> Say, that's right. Tonight is the night they usually And go. I tell you, son, I'm miserable. You don't know what it means to have somebody like Bessie to go to the movies with every Sunday and then suddenly have to pay my own way. So if you lend me a buck... Oh, a... McGee, how can you be so heartless? <laughs> Just kidding, Molly. I know. But with that poor man... Say, why don't we go over to his house and pick him up and take him to the Bijou tonight? Okay with me. It'll help cheer him up, sure. Good. How about you, Mr. Wimple? You want to come along? I'd love to. But I have to get right on home with this silver polish and get to work. Silver polish? Yes, I forgot that today was my day to polish Sweetie Face's wrestling trophies, and, well, I don't want any more trouble. I've had enough today. Oh? Was she upset about it? No, but I was. My stomach, that is. Your stomach? Have you ever been picked up by your necktie and whirled around your wife's head 37 times and then... No, I guess you haven't. <laughs> no. Boy, you have it pretty rough, Wimp. Well, one of these days the worm will turn. You betcha. And while she's turned, I'll slip up behind her, wrap her on the head with the flat side of a meat cleaver, and yell, Darling, guess who? <laughs> but until then... Yeah? Toodaloo. Poor guy. Well, we can't take on everyone's problems tonight. Let's just concentrate on the old-timer. Okay. They got a good picture at the Bijou. I'll back the car out, and you give him a ring and tell him we're on the way over. <laughs> There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. It's a sad truth that an average of 500 forest fires occur every day in the United States. Who starts these fires? Men, women, and children start them. Only 10% of all fires are due to lightning. The rest are due to human carelessness. A traveler flips a lighted match or cigarette from his moving car. A camper leaves his fire unattended. A hunter or fisherman tosses his smoke into the dry grass. A farmer or rancher underestimates the power of drought and wind and burning trash or brush. These are the people who start fires. And as a result, vitally needed timber, watershed lands, rangelands, wildlife, and homes are destroyed, and many people lose their lives. We should all remember when in or near forest and grasslands that we are all potential fire starters. A little care, a little thoughtfulness is all that's needed to keep brush and campfires safe. Resolve now to do your part. 
Only you can prevent forest fires. They are ridiculously easy to start, sometimes incredibly difficult to stop. Molly, 1805. Ring the bell. What'd he say, the old-timer, when you told him we were coming over to take him to the show and cheer him up? Well, he didn't say anything, actually. The line was busy. Busy? Why didn't we wait and call back? Well, I got to thinking. It isn't right for us to let him know we feel sorry for him. It'll only make him feel worse. We can just pretend we're passing by and... Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Shh, here he comes. All he needs is some cheering up, so (laughs) when he opens that door, let's act gay. Keep it light, happy, friendly. Well, if it isn't the old-timer, it's him, Molly, the old-timer. Hi, old pal, old boy, hi. Good old old-timer. Hi, boy. You better get him home, daughter. I never seen him this way before, and I ain't interested in who sold it to him, but I got nosy neighbors. Oh, there. it's nothing like that. Oh, my gosh, I was just trying to be gay and happy and friendly. Yes, we were just passing by, Mr. Old-timer, and, well, we thought we'd drop in and say hello. Oh, well, come on in. I'm afraid I won't be much company... I've been feeling kind of low ever since Bessie left. Yeah, we know. That's why... Yeah, we heard. Uh, Be gone long, will she? Just two more days. When one's whole world revolves around a magnetic attraction such as Bessie holds for the metal of my heart, kids, then even two days seem an eternity. Shelley. Shelley? My tailor. Sheldon Shumway. That's the way he described it, kids. And he caught my mood, exactly. Oh. Here, let me put the lights on for you. I was sitting here in the dark, thinking about her. Boy, just like you said, Molly, he has got a bad. Yeah, we got to pull him out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Oldtimer? Uh, yes, daughter? Uh, say, we were thinking about going to a movie tonight, the Bijou. Yeah, and, well, uh, it's kind of lonesome being... Yeah, with just me and McGee going, so we thought maybe you'd care to join us. Lonesome? Ain't you going together? No, no, we're not going together. We're married. (laughs) The reason it's lonesome is on account of because I usually fall asleep right after the cartoon, and then Molly hasn't got anybody to discuss the feature with on the way home, you see. Yeah, so it'll be a lot more fun if you'll come with us. No, daughter. Thanks for the invite, but you two go ahead. You know the old saying, two's company and three's more expensive, and I wouldn't enjoy it anyways, just sitting there... Thinking about Bessie? Well, if that's the way you feel about it. You sure you wouldn't like to come along? Our treat. No, Johnny, I'll just stay home. Sit here quietly in the dark and listen to music for old lovers on the gramophone and think about Bessie. Well, at least we tried. Come on, dear. Yeah, okay. Well, bye, old-timer. Poor man, Bye. Bye, kids, and thanks for stopping in. <sighs> nice kids, but I thought they'd never leave. Hello, Irving, it's me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry I had to hang up on you so fast a while ago, but a couple of friends dropped in. Yeah, friends of Bessie's, too. Yeah. Now look about them two girls you got lined up for us tonight. How about you taking the ugly one this time? Huh? Oh, they are? Oh. Well, how about you taking the ugliest one then? That clock stopper you got me last night. Wow! When the lights went out and I got a look at her, it like to scared me to death. 
Oh, but Irv, I'm taking an awful chance. If Bessie ever finds out, it's only fair to give me the one that's got... We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. You have never heard anything like Monitor. Monitor, the newest of the new in NBC radio that defies description. Every secret door of the world opens up when you listen to Monitor, the big 40-hour radio show heard every weekend. Monitor, the program that starts early Saturday morning and lasts until Sunday evening, utilizes the speed of radio, the immediate sound of radio, the scope of radio to bring you anything and everything. You may hear a complete two-hour Broadway show uninterrupted, a joke by Bob Hope, go along in a plane as it breaks the sound barrier, or you may suddenly hear your next-door neighbor commenting on the state of the nation. Monitor can zoom from Pocatello to Paris to Panmunjom in seconds. Monitor means entertainment, information, ideas, music, the unusual. Hear the startling new Monitor every weekend. Monitor means that NBC continues to lead the rest with the best in radio entertainment. What's the matter, kiddo? Something bothering you? Oh, I was just thinking about the old-timer. We really shouldn't have broken in on his privacy like that when all he wanted was to be left alone with his thoughts. I feel sort of badly about it. Well, if it'll make you feel better, call him up and apologize. I tried to, a couple of times, but he's just so wrapped up in his thoughts about Bessie that he probably doesn't even hear the phone ring. Well, that's young love, Tootsie. Yes. (laughs) Good night. Good night, all. Fibber McGee and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimple and Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. This is John Wald inviting you to listen again tomorrow to Fibber McGee and Molly. This is Monitor. An NBC radio service.